Hey guys, today is a bonus episode because I want to release our keynote speaker for the MindStrong event coming up March 18th and 19th. This is a big announcement. This is pretty amazing. And uh, Brad and I are really pumped, not just for um, some of the other people who are going to be speaking with us, um, but to announce my dear friend, Amberly Lago, as our keynote speaker, who uh, is just going to bring all the fire that she does in life. I mean, this woman is a motivational speaker. She's a um, chronic pain survivor. She's been featured on NBC, the Hallmark Channel, The Doctors. She's been on the cover of Forbes magazine, been on Megyn Kelly today. She, I mean, everywhere, shape, fit pregnancy, all over the place. This woman is phenomenal. Um, and she gives people some serious hope and builds resilience. And just her just her story in general is inspiring. Um, some of the things she's been through. So today, I am going to repost my interview or discussion, you call it whatever you want, with her when she was on my podcast uh, a couple years ago. It's probably, I mean, uh, yeah, it's probably been a couple years now. Um, but I first met Amber Lee when um, she came to Salt Lake City on kind of a last minute um, fill in speaking event. It was this big event in Salt Lake, pretty amazing event. But she got, she got selected to come fill in for someone who didn't go. And she put up a little giveaway on her Instagram story and said, Hey, anybody in the Salt Lake area want to, you know, win a couple tickets to this event. <clears throat> and I entered to win probably because nobody else on that last minute, um, kind of noticed in Salt Lake was even aware of this. So I ended up winning the tickets. I met Amber Lee. I got to talk with her for quite a while and got to know her over the last couple of years and have just grown to have such a really supportive and caring relationship for each other. So to be able to pull this off and get her out here to be with us for, um, for our first live event is pretty amazing because since that time she has just taken over the world, honestly, like she's, she's phenomenal. Um, anyway, but she comes from a fitness background. She was a personal trainer. She's a, she's a dancer, um, a professional for, for professional teams, MC hammer, all, all these just amazing things over her lifetime. But, um, so you guys, if you're listening to this today, this is Sunday, February 13th, when I'm released, re-releasing re this episode and, and giving you this announcement of Amber Lee being our speak main speaker. Um, you can go over and get, you can still get that discount code. Um, not discount code. My goodness. Just the early bird pricing. It's on there. There's no code needed. I think it's just on the website um, for $397. And honestly, even if you listen to this on Monday, Valentine's Day, February 14th, um, I would imagine because we're just kind of delayed on updating our stuff all the time, you probably could still get the early bird pricing. So whenever you're listening to this, before you even listen to the episode with Amberly, go buy your ticket. I'm telling you, this event is going to be phenomenal. Do not miss this thing. Um, and now you'll have a chance to listen to and meet and greet with Amberly Lago. 
I'm not sure yet if uh, she's going to be bringing um, books with her and signing some books for people and just meeting and chatting. She's amazing, you guys. She's amazing. And her book, True Grit and Grace, is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Uh, the way it's written, telling her story, just the way she talks about it. But I'm just, anyway, listen to the episode, get your ticket, be at the event. This is going to be phenomenal. So get that early bird pricing right now. Um, and then come and learn about what we're, just what we're going to be teaching at MindStrong. Basic nutritional concepts and macros. Brad's going to be covering this kind of stuff. The impacts of sleep, stress management, and cortisol. Like cortisol, really, I'm telling you, this thing affects your health, your fitness, your wellness. So much deeper than just that. So Brad and I are both going to be hitting on that a lot. Hormones, you know, this mental and emotional mindset, health type stuff. Um, neurophysiology, neurobiology. I'm telling you, so much more, you guys. Make sure you're at this event. Make sure you're sharing it with others. Cannot wait to see you guys all there. Cannot wait to meet you, hug you. Uh, and if you're doing just a virtual option, that's okay too because, you know, still some of this travel stuff, but you're going to have access to the video, the stream for up to 90 days. For 90 days for you to just watch, take your notes, just have it. You know, even if you're going to miss a day, you can come one day in person. You've still got the two-day event on your computer that you can go back and watch. Um, so make sure you check it out. The, uh, the website, the link is in the show notes of this episode. And uh, my goodness, six minutes. This is what my podcast usually is, is six minutes. Let me get out of here. Listen to uh, my discussion with Amberly fall in love with this woman just like I have in her story and make sure to be there at MindStrong22. All right, you guys, talk to you later. Well, thank you again, you guys, for coming back to another episode of the Greatest Day podcast. You already heard all the amazing things about my next guest in the intro. Um, it's kind of surreal. I'm literally pinching myself right now that Amberly Lago is even on the podcast. Hello, Amberly. Say hi. Oh my gosh. You are such an incredible person. And I always say you are an angel in my life because you're so sweet and supportive. And seeing you when I met you for the first time in Salt Lake City, it was like instant connection. <laughs> and I, I had so yeah. much fun with you and I was so grateful you were there. It really was. So I, I mean, I posted some things about it, but others don't follow Instagram. It's all good. So Amberly and I, she, she put up this, um, post and I don't even know how or why I know why everything, everything in my life leads me to where I need to be. That's why it happened. But I saw your post. I don't even think I was following you at the time. And it said, Hey, I've got some extra tickets to this powerful you conference in Salt Lake city. And it was the next day. I'm pretty sure. Or at least two days away. Yeah. I think it was like two days out. You're like, share this, follow me, blah, blah, blah. I did it. You messaged me. You're like, you got them. They're yours. And uh, yeah. you're right. it was like an instant when I, when I found you in the giant lobby there, it was like, like uh, instant connection. It was really yeah. cool. Yeah. And, um, it was just, I was so grateful that you won the tickets and that you showed up and like, yeah. and you brought your book for me, your journal for me. Well, you know what I did. And, um, you know, when I think we, we share this as well, but when you believe in something, you will tell anyone and everyone who's going to listen and you're going to get it 
to as many people as you can. And I do, I believe in the journal, but, but also I was like, it was, a, it was a little thing I could do for the thank you. I mean, you, what you connected me to was, was you and then so many other names that I wasn't totally connected with before. So it's been, it's been um, life changing for me. So it was really cool. Yeah. Th well, thank you. And I tell you what, that, that whole event was awesome. And I don't know if you could tell, but I was pretty, pretty scared to death because I just found out I was speaking at this event and it was at the right. really the beginning of my speaking career. I had done, you know, small talks here and there for schools and for a lot of rehabs and for some um, hospital clinics and that sort of thing. But this conference was huge yeah. and it just happened to be with the top motivational speakers, Mel Robbins, Jay Shetty, Lewis Howes, Brendan Burchard, just to name a few. And then there yeah. was me. And there, <laughs> there were all these people, you know, they had their media team with them and all this stuff. And then there was me. You and your and stack of books. <laughs> there I was with my stack of books. And actually, um, right before I was getting ready to go, I was training one of my clients and I told her how excited I was to be going to Salt Lake City and nervous. And I had to get all this stuff together because I found out literally, I think six days before the event, they invited me up to come and um, mm -hmm. share. And my client was like, well, I'll go with you. And I don't know if you met my friend Debbie that was there, but she was there to help me. And I don't know what I would have done without her. And when you have people in your life like that, that just show up for you, because that, that convention center was huge. Oh, it yeah. was huge. Yeah. I didn't know that was a, obviously you're not announcing that's a client with you, but um, yeah, pretty, pretty amazing how you just like opportunities just will show up as you're prepared for them. Like, I don't think they're just by chance. You didn't, I mean, I want to hear about that. Cause I mean, we've never talked about that. Why and how you even got, why they ask you to come do that, but they did it because other things you're doing in your life that lead up to that. And I think that's important for people is like the, the headlines we're writing for our lives three and six months from now are in our actions today. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you even get, what did well, they you know what, it's all about, it's all about the pushback a little bit. Like, you know, um, you, first of all, you have to believe in your message enough that you have the confidence to ask for what you want in life. Mm. And so I saw that there was this conference going on and I happened to see it, you know, this is the power of social media. And, um, you know, I just really kind of dove deep into the self-development and then got into trying to, to promote my business and stuff on social media just in the past few years before that, I think I was on Instagram for like, I posted pictures of, my daughter and her dog or her horse, you know, <laughs> but yeah. I happened to see something on, I think it was Mel Robbins story that she was going to be at this conference. So I then went and looked up to see where the conference was. And I was like, I want to be there. And so I messaged them. I said, Hey, my name's Amberly Lago. I would really love to come to your conference and offer my service and share some tips on how to be resilient. Here's my phone number. Let me know how I can be of service. And 
um, they messaged me back and I got on a call and talked to um, one of the managers for Powerful You, Nicole, who we've now become sent, we've now become really good friends. Yeah. But she, I told her she wanted to know what my story was and she happened to, we made a connection and she said, look, I really appreciate um, your story and this and that, but as you can imagine, our stage is booked. We've been planning this for months. Um, and I'm sorry, we just don't have any space for you to come and share your story. And I was like, okay, so could I just come and sell books at the back of the room? And she said, um, or, or I know she said, but we'd be happy to give you some VIP tickets for you to come. And I said, well, if you would promote it. And I said, well, I'd be happy to promote it, but I don't just promote anything. Um, the people that I'm connected with on my social media are really my, my friends. And I don't want to just say I'm promoting something and I'm not going to be there. I think it would make more sense if I said, come see me at this event. Is it okay if I can't, would be able to come and sell books at the back of the room. And she said, well, we're not selling anything at this event, but um, I'll talk to the the founder and get back to you. And I was like, Oh, I'm never going to hear from them again. Right. Well, she actually called me back and I found out late. She said, we're not only going to let you sell books at the back of the room. He's going to let you come and be on stage for five minutes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh my God. And so, um, I found out later when I was sitting at the table talking, um, to the founder, um, somebody said, wow, you've had so, he said, we had literally thousands of people reach out to us and want to be on our stage. And no kidding. He said so many people that wanted to be on the stage. He said, but you know, it was really, we wanted to see who had the pushback and he didn't know who I was or what. And I said, Oh, I said, how was your pushback? (laughs) Because it was like, well, they said, no, but what else can I offer? They said, no, what else can I do? And so, um, you know, I think that if you come from a place where you genuinely, you want to be of service and how can you contribute, but how can it also, um, help both of you and, and, and feel very authentic and real. Uh, and, that was just a really a life changing moment for me because I got to meet so many incredible people who have become like, they're going to be lifelong friends now. But I think it's really about making connections with people. It's about believing in your message, making genuine connections and not just, not just, not just seeing, well, what can I get from this? But what can you give to it? What, how can you be of service? total way I approach life. Like hopefully you have felt that just in our, the way we connect too, but it really is a genuine approach and people know it. People can feel it. So let me, Oh my gosh, I can tell that you're like that. Even like you gave me a book and then you did a new edition of your book of your journal Yeah, and you put one of my quotes in there. And I was like, Oh my God gosh, I'm, I am shouting this off of the rooftops. This is so cool. And so you're like, I I know you really understand, like it is, it's like a, it's, it's really about collaboration and how can we support each other? Yeah. And I've got some of the, 
and I just got a, the newest edition of the journal released, yes, two days ago. Um, oh my God, you amaze me. So I, I redid the cover. I read, you'll just have to, you'll have to, you'll have to check it out, but redid some other things to it too. Um, that actually a lot of that came from a conversation we had in my basement. I just called you out of the blue um, and talked to you about branding stuff and publishing. And, and so it's just taken off from there again, but you're on page 173. If people have the journal, go to 173 and there's a quote in there. So um, of course you got to be in there. There's big names in there, Tony Robbins and Eric Thomas and all these people. But then I wanted to make sure to put meaningful, like to me, meaningful people who are, who I, who are really making impact. And I know it cause I see it and I'm a part of it. So um, it meant a lot for me to be able to update it and put you in there. So um, yeah, it's pretty well, cool. Thank you. Thank you. I was so excited. <laughs> let's, let's go to this pushback for a second because it's really stemming from something I wanted to talk about anyway, which is your grandpa's philosophy on life it has to do with a shovel. Oh yeah. Tell me about it. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And it's funny because I just got a message on, um, Instagram this morning and somebody said, oh my goodness, you're so stubborn because I was making a comment about how, um, you know, doctors were like, you'll never walk again. You'll never run again. And I was like, oh really? Well, watch me tap dance. And then when my um, youngest daughter was like, mom, you're way too old for TikTok. I was like, oh really? Well then I'm getting on there today. And that's when I uploaded that video. And so first time you put on tap shoes since the accident. Yeah. And I think it's a little bit of stubbornness, a little bit of pushback. It's willingness. It's getting gritty. And as my grandfather said, you've got a shovel in your hand. You can lean on it and pray for a hole or you can start digging. And you really have to start digging. You can pray, you can manifest, and I do all those things and I visualize, but you have to take the action. Um, And it's just not things that, you know, I've never been one to go, okay, I'm going to just wait to be discovered when I moved out here to become a professional dancer. You know, I came out here with a mission. I had saved up money from working four jobs. I had $1,200 to my name and I had, I knew I had about a month to live on that $1,200 that were going to help me pay for dance classes until that audition that was coming up to audition to be on a scholarship program there. And so I had a mission of, okay, I'm going to take as many dance classes as I can. So they see me, they see my face and they know who I am. So when I walk into the audition, they will go, Oh, there's that girl that's been busting her ass in class every day. And I made scholarship. And I really think it's because they were like, Oh, bless her heart. She really needs help. Right. <laughs> Cause I was not such a great dancer I had, but you know what? Sometimes I really think that it's not just about talent. Mm-hmm. It's really about your persistence and your consistency to show up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Get in the, get in the arena to at least do it. Like I think a lot of opportunities will, we're going to hear no initially just to, because the universe or, or God or whatever it is on the other side is like, you, you really want this? Like, let's see. Like, let me, let me see. Here's your first no. What are you going to do about it? Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Well, here's your second, like, like the conference. Here's the second no. What are you going to do about it? 
And pretty soon all these flies keep, you know, we're, we're out there just flying around and all of them keep dropping off and dropping off and dropping off. And here's Amber Lee standing there with her shovel. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, and you know what? Somebody said to me, somebody at the conference said, Oh my gosh, I can't believe they only gave you five minutes. And before I went on stage, they were like, it was like security and the stage hands. They were like, you've got five minutes. And if you go over your five minutes, we will, we will pull you off stage. They're coming after you. And I'm like, okay, I got it. And so there's a big timer. And so I thought, okay, I've got five minutes. How much value can I give in five minutes? What can I give in five minutes? I need to be able to give the most I can in five minutes. Yeah. And um, when somebody said, I can't believe they only gave you five minutes. I was like, are you kidding me? I was so beyond grateful for that five minutes because that five minutes, it's all how you look at it. That five minutes has opened up a lot of doors for me, a lot of relationships that I have now that I never would have had. I met so many people that at that conference, just even people that were not speaking at the conference, but people that were attending yeah. who have, I've been on their podcast or we've become friends or we get together, you know, through a, a FaceTime or a Zoom just to catch up. And so, you know, those, those little small nuggets, those gifts lead you and put you in exactly where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Well, you use the word that's the most powerful thing in the world and it's relationships, it's connection. And your five minutes made the connection with hundreds of people. And then they dug deeper. They dug oh. deeper. And then they were like, Oh, let me walk out of here with that book, her book. Let me, let me look a little bit deeper into what she's doing. And, and maybe some of them don't even remember what you said on stage. You know, they, I, I, I remember what you talked about because it was powerful for me as I probably because I was connected right beforehand, but it was like, we didn't even talk about your story. Maybe we need to go back a little bit into that, but people need to dig deeper anyway. They can look all that stuff up, but um, it's the relationships and the connections and the value and you, you're so authentic in what you do that, that you can't help but not get that from you. So I think that's why you connect so well with, with people. And at least for me anyway, but. Well, it, it's funny because, you know, my husband, he's a retired lieutenant commander with the CHP and he is all like business. He's, you know, he's very, and he's very black and white and very professional. And I mean, he's amazing. But sometimes I remember um, I had posted, done a post, we're talking about authenticity and I had done a post about I'm in my closet today. Like we're recording now. I'm in my closet because the gardeners are outside. And my husband was like, I cannot believe you just put in your story that you were recording in your closet. And I was like, why? It's the truth. Like we all do what we have to do to make it happen, you know? And if I, what life isn't perfect and life is full of challenges. And if we're not showing, not that I'm showing my challenges all the time, but I think if we keep it real, then people can relate, you know? And I think that's one thing that really helps build that connection is when people are like, Oh my gosh, that has so happened to me before, or I've gone through that. Or when I see somebody who has overcome something that I'm struggling with I'm like, yes, I want to connect with them because I want to learn how they did it. Yeah. 
Yeah. You did, um, you did a podcast with, um, oh, it might've been your first one, the spiritual leader lady. Oh, with Dr. Aaron. Dr. Aaron. And you guys talked about, gosh, I got to really rack my brain here. Talked about just being you like in your fullest, like I think she called you like just a pretty blonde walking around. But when you, when you put the shorts back on and you let your leg be seen by the world. Oh my gosh. This is me in my fullest. Yeah. And you know, when you can embrace all your imperfections, um, then it sets you free. But I think it's really important um, to, as Brene Brown says, to share from a scar and not an open wound. Oh yeah. For instance, um, my my first TikTok that I did, like on, um, because I was like, oh really? I'm too old. I'm gonna do this. I literally set the camera down, put on my tap shoes, barely squeezed my feet in these tap shoes because I just I just had surgery last week. But I was like, I am putting these things on, and I'm gonna see if I can still dance. And I did the video oh my God, Craig, that video this morning I checked has 120,000 views. Goodness. It, it crazy. But the reason I'm telling you that is because it also has a lot of comments and had I shared and a lot of really nice, nice comments, but there are a lot that if I had shared when I was still healing from yeah from all the surgeries and I was looking down at my leg cause it took a long time to accept these scars and look at them as, yeah, man, these, I, I survived something that nearly killed me. But for a long time, I just looked at it as how ugly and how deformed and how, how I did my leg didn't work properly and all of that. And so I was able to see some of the messages that maybe weren't quite as nice and yeah. laugh. Or, or, you know, like one was like, oh my gosh, I thought you were a really old person. And I'm like, laugh out loud. I am. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Oh, so you don't think I'm old? Great. You just turn it to a compliment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. There's, I, I, when I read your book, I love the, the back of your book and I'm holding it now. I'm looking at it, but the back of your book says read time, 172 minutes. I like that that's on there, but I think I read it in like four days, more than 172 minutes because I had to reread so many parts because I got emotional reading it. Aww. It hit so hard on like in just different chapters that I couldn't get through in 172 minutes. It would have been a disservice. Like I had to soak in your story and what you were saying and Everyone needs to just read the book, True Grit and Grace, Turning Tragedy into Triumph. Um, Obviously, we'll link everything up, but it is, I love the way you wrote it, uh, alternating chapters of the wreck and and your life story. Well, you know why I did that? Because I'm a terrible, terrible reader. I have a very short attention span, and I wanted to try to write something that would leave little cliffhangers yeah. So short chapters in every chapter anchors. So you go, wait, 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 what happened? I got to read. I want to read that so I can get back to yeah. what she left off over here. You know, <laughs> So don't, if you're going to, when you get the book and read it, don't go, don't read all the even chapters and then go back and read all the odd. You got to read it in order. 
<laughs> kind of just you want the cliffhanger, but it's a it really is it's uh, it's impactful the whole the whole thing that unfolded, and I got pages of insights from it. Oh, can I thank tell you a couple? Yes, you are so sweet. Because can I tell you, when I wrote my book, you know, I really didn't have much confidence to write the book, but my desire to give someone else hope that was struggling outweighed my lack of confidence, my lack of confidence. And I thought, well, if I write this, I don't even know if anybody will read it. But if one person reads it and it gives them the strength to keep moving forward, then, then it's worth it. Um, so if anybody's listening to this and you're like, man, I've got a book in me, I just don't know where to start. Just start because if I can write a book without a college degree and I didn't even own a computer at the time, I just wrote it by hand and then bought a laptop, this laptop we're recording on right now yeah. and, and wrote the whole thing out. And because I think there's something healing about writing and I think it comes out differently when you handwrite something. When I sit on a computer to write, I feel like I'm going to start. I have to edit and make it all perfect. You do. You but edit. if I'm just writing it, it comes out different. Yeah. Listen, we can, it's what, that is so powerful. We can, we can always adjust and correct what we're doing, writing. Um, but if we don't just get it out of us, if we don't take the action, like you said, if we don't stab the shovel in the ground and dig, you don't know, we don't know what we're going to discover. And then what surfaces, yeah, maybe we fail at some things and we adjust and we keep going, but you got to do it. So put the pen, oh. your pencil to the paper, not the keyboard, because you're right. It puts like this block in there. I noticed that too, where delete, 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 delete. No, just, just write. Go yeah, I, I wrote it yeah. and then I literally had like 5,000 words edited out, like 5,000 words. And, and finally, my editor was like, you've got to stop editing out or you're not going to have anything left. You got to stop. Just, you have to leave that part in there. There was a lot that I didn't include in the, in the book. And so I'm grateful that now I can share moments with you and on, you know, and in through my podcast too, um, to go deeper into some of those moments. But I am so curious to hear what some of your takeaways, because it's always interesting to hear what people what resonates with someone? Yeah. Well, people are reading it because speaking of Brene Brown, she is one and Wayne Dyer is another one. And they're the only two people above you right now on an Amazon sellers list. Oh, well, I took a screenshot of that day that I don't know where it is now, but I was blown away when my book was sitting next to my two favorite authors. Yeah. Those are huge names. All three of them are. You're you're there, but that's that must have. Been, oh my god! That must have been so a day, sweet. though, right? Like to to just to just see any list we make, right? It's like. But I have to tell you a funny story about that. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, I well, okay. So, look, like I said, I I did not. I'm not a marketer. I didn't know how to market my book, but my publisher was like look, we don't do marketing for you. If you want to sell this, you're going to have to market it yourself. You're going to have to start a platform, a website, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, let's, I got to figure this out. So I started getting serious about my, all my social media 
and I did not know what I was going to do to promote my book. And so Brene Brown is my favorite author. And I looked on her Instagram and she had a book that came out about a month before mine. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I told my husband, he came in, in my office and I had stacks of my book all stacked up and I was on the floor taking a picture. He goes, what are you doing? And I said, well, this is how Brene Brown promoted her book. And she said that she's launching it in New York. And I said, I'm going to New York to launch my book. So I'm going to do the same thing as her. And he said, now, Amberly, don't you think she's going to be upset if she sees like that you're doing a similar post to her? And I said, honey, <laughs> Brene Brown is never going to notice someone like me. Oh, she's never going to notice a little old, little old me, like whatever. So what was so crazy about the day my book launched and it was next to Brene, I was like, holy cow, my book is next to Brene Brown. Like I would, that's what made it even more special because she's my favorite. And I just, you know, I was like, how, what, what is, and so I think it's really important when you don't know how to do something, don't be afraid to go to someone and ask them how they did it, or don't try to reinvent the wheel. I think it's important to do your own version of things, but I think it's also like, I have always been a strong believer in having a mentor. You know, when I started my fitness business, it was like, I had a mentor that taught me how to do that. My, I had a dance teacher that I understudied and learned how to teach dance before that. So whatever it may be that you're trying to do, find someone who's done it before and ask them questions. Yeah. Yep. Jim, one of Jim Rohn's big things is who can you ask? What can you do? And what can you read? Right. Those are the three mm -hmm. questions. Um, there's too many resources out there to, to just not soak in and, and ask the people. And it's amazing. Or Google. Or, or Google. But it's amazing <laughs> how people are actually like people will actually respond. They won't if you don't ask. So again, action, right? Dig. Okay. Mm -hmm. Here's um, here's a, Oh man, I got so many. But I wanna I wanted to bring up a couple because I think it'll be so impactful for people. Um, they need to read the book themselves, but but these really really stood out to me and 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 uh, hit home. One of them is I'm saving the best for last, in my opinion. But one of them was when death seems like the best option. How do you regain hope to keep living? There's a part in the book you talk about like in the hospital bed, like I'm. I'm, I'm done. I did what I could do and I'm done. Like, I don't want to, I just can't go anymore. But then you kept going. So. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, yeah, go ahead. Well, I think that, um, that is really where grit comes in and well, and it was where God's grace came in for me. Um, I couldn't do it alone. I was, I needed something bigger than me to believe in that was going to pull me through and trust that everything would work out exactly as it was supposed to work out. And so that is when I really truly was at a moment of making a decision. Am I going to keep going down this road of despair? Um, or am I going to really hang on to like I had that 1% chance of keeping my leg 
that was the glimmer of hope for me. Am I going to hang on to that and allow that to get me through the next 34 surgeries? And I think that, you know, we all experience pain in some way or another, you know, pain is inevitable, but when we choose to find um, the meaning in pain, then it can become a purpose. And when we have purpose, that can give us the motivation to get through just about anything. Yeah, despair is a choice. I think you use that in your book, actually. Despair was a choice that you could have made and, and you didn't. Mm-hmm. And I really, I, I remember when I first got out of the hospital, I was home for about two weeks and now my leg was still opened. I mean, I had... Uh, it it was a mess. I still had, I looked like, I really looked like I had been through hell and back. And I mean, when people would catch a glimpse of me, they would gasp. And I somehow, you know, was kind of used to the way I looked a little bit because I had been in the hospital. And to me, I looked a little better than I did, but this was about three and a half, four months after my accident. And so I would forget how scary I looked sometimes until I would get a reaction from someone. And, and, you know, I remember going in the gym to work out and I was in my wheelchair and people would want to come up and have a pity party with me. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you know, I've been struggling with this, that. And I'm like, Oh no, I'm not here to have a pity party. I'm here to work out. I'm here cause I'm getting stronger yeah. and it's okay to have those feelings and it's okay to go through that and pull the covers over your head sometimes, but man, you just can't get stuck there. Right. And it's so important who you're hanging around with and who you're surrounding yourself with because if you're allowing people to continue to come around and just dump on you or just be negative, pretty soon you're going to start to get that way too. And when you're going through hard times, it's so important to really surround yourself with positive, inspired, passionate people who are going to lift you up because it takes a lot of energy to heal. So you need to surround yourself even that. And that doesn't even mean the people that you're hanging around with that also can look like the people who you're following on social media, uh, who you're spending time listening to through podcasts, uh, family members who you can't necessarily not hang out with them, but maybe you can set healthy boundaries and how much time you're spending with them. Love it. I, I think the episode before this on my podcast, we talked, I had my son on, um, he's seven and he, he goes by miles, the motivator. Oh my gosh. I have not heard that. I cannot wait to listen to this. He is so cute, but he's like, we've been quarantined. He's like, dad, when are we doing a podcast? When are we doing the podcast? I've had him on twice, actually. I was like, all right, let's do it. So I, he did his little part, but then we went in deep not me and my son, but just the topic of being intentional and about everything you just said. So um, it's so true. And we can't say it enough. It's like audit your follow list, audit your following list. Like um, when that, when that became real for me, like getting intentional about who I let in my space, what I'm consuming, when I consume it, I had like, I was following like 800 people. I'm down to like 100. 
I stay right around the 100. It's like, I'll follow you for a little bit. You've done what you need. You've served the purpose. I love your stuff, but you got to go for now. I'll come back. I still check on on pages. I do those things, but we got to get really intentional about who we're allowing in our space. Um, Mm -hmm. I love that you said that. And that goes for your recovery too, right? Like, like in the hospital and, and certain doctors would come in and, and talk about, you know, they, not even you as a person, it was you as some, some flesh and some rods and, and nope, nope, it's not, not, we're not doing it. Like amputate it. Like let's. Yeah. In fact, uh, I had someone say something about how, you know, I had a doctor say, well, you'll never run again. And they're like, I am so sure a doctor actually told you that. And I was like, actually, I had quite a few tell me that, Yep. you know, and it's what you choose to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, we could go days with those stories. I work in a hospital. I've, um, I've been in those patient rooms and I think about you all the time. In fact, I've given I've given your name out so many times to some patients who come in here, like, oh. like strokes. And, um, I worked in the neuro center. Um, so strokes and it's like left arm or right arm. They lost mobility. They lost this, their speech is not coming back. And, and the doctors, they're so quick to that snapshot in time. And I know they're trained and, and they got all that, but a snapshot in time, how can you give me a lifetime diagnosis? in a snapshot of time like you're gonna discredit the power i have like you don't even know who i am like i'm amber lee i'm from texas like you know what i've been through as a child like don't you can't tell me that because and i'm glad you did because now i'm gonna do it well that's right you know when somebody tells me i can't or oh you really shouldn't do that that becomes my biggest motivating moment. I mean, I don't know if it's like the rebel in me or the daredevil or what it is, or just being stubborn or I've always been, you know, like, really, you don't think I can do that? Well, watch this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So imagine this then um, for people listening, like picture what I'm about to describe, because this is Amber Lee and this is what she does. She, she has these surgeries leg really. And I think there's pictures in the book. Yeah. I've seen pictures. Yeah. There's pictures on my YouTube channel and there's also pictures. Um, there's also pictures, um, in, on my Instagram, there are some pictures and there's actually a video of one of the doctors talking about me on YouTube. And he's like, I need to watch that. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. It's pretty sad. Okay, so it it really didn't look it didn't look like a human leg. Like Mm-mm. there were times where it was even you were in shock like what is that? Yeah, okay. it was kind of like a science experiment. Oh yeah. <laughs> it still kind of is some days. It's crazy what what our bodies can do and what our medical professionals can do. So, here's the image. Amberly's in her bed in the hospital, can't move leg, probably can't even feel it, in so much pain, probably doped up on all sorts of things. And she is doing pull-ups. <laughs> She's doing pull-ups from her bed to keep her upper body strength, um, doing dumbbell curls in your bed with weights or bands. Um, nurses are coming in getting like their own personalized training regimen from you. Like you're coaching these nurses on their fitness goals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the reason being is because I wanted to do 
anything. My default has always been to do something productive or to do something that makes me feel good. And I think one of the biggest blessings in my life was growing up an athlete and a dancer because I knew that if I, I knew what working out does for your mind. I wasn't in, of course, I was trying to get my upper body strong, but I was really doing those things, not because I was like, I got to keep this muscle on. I was really like, I know that if I can move my body, it's going to change my mindset. It's going to give me confidence. It's going to make me feel productive. It's going to make me feel a little bit more in control of this situation when I'm completely out of control. And by giving all these nurses exercise tips, it allows me to be of service and offer some sort of contribution, which also fills my heart and gives me a sense of purpose. And, you know, it just, it's a full circle. When you can be there for someone, it really, it's like a double blessing because it, it gives you a gift right back. Absolutely. And, uh, and part of, just in the focus journal, I, one of my prompts is victories. Like you have to celebrate victories. And, and you, go, you go right into that same theme in, the, um, in your experience was, I gotta create some victories, because if I don't, and I focus on my losses rather than my gains, it would have taken my heart out of what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And we're all doing way too much in life to not just stop for a second and be like, today was horrible, like that's okay. I, mm-hmm. I scream greatest day mindset from everywhere I go, but I know days are not the greatest. I know that I, they're not for me either, but there's a great moment in every day. There's something we, some kind of victory we have in every single day. And if you can find the one and it keeps your heart in it, well, then we got tomorrow. Let's go. Like, like there's still something to keep moving towards. And I, that's what I got out of that experience for you in when you described that in the hospital is like, I got to create these moments of victory, not just for my body, but my mind. And you oh, knew that. Yeah. You knew your body and mind were so connected that, that you could fall back on that. That's so amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you. You know, and it's uh, this, this accident also gave me the gift of perspective. And on days where I'm struggling or I'm slipping into, you know, feeling like life just isn't fair or whatever it may be that day, or I'm struggling. I think about, you know, how there were days when I got out of the hospital and we had a hospital bed set up downstairs because I I couldn't even stand up to use the bathroom on my own much less climb upstairs to go to the bathroom for months. So we had a hospital bed down there and I literally would set up these small goals every day of just being able to stand for seconds at a time. Mm -hmm. And those were my small victories went from being able to stand up for three seconds because the blood would go down and, and it would feel like my leg was going to literally explode off my body. That's how painful it was. And, and I, you know, I think on a scale of one to 10, it was about a a 600, but um, I would stand up for seconds at a time and set those small goals for myself. So now, even now when I I look and I think I'm just not doing enough or I'm not where I want to be, I think, you know what, I need to really focus on the gratitude that I have, that I was able to get out of bed, walk on my own two feet, go and brush my teeth and make my own coffee all by myself. 
you know, it's like when we can wake up and be grateful for the smallest things. And, and I always, I have a gratitude practice every day. I write down what I'm grateful for. And I also believe it's really important to have accountability and I have an accountability partner and I not only write down what I'm grateful for, I feel it. I really feel it. And if I'm not feeling it, then I'm not getting, I'm not getting small and detailed enough on what I'm grateful for. I'm not talking about just the sky's blue or I have a roof over my head. It's like the smallest things like um, being able to pick out my clothes that I'm going to wear today. Because for a long time, I couldn't pick out clothes. I wore a hospital gown, you know, and then after that, even when I was out of the hospital, I couldn't go up to my closet by myself. And so one of my goals was just to figure out how I could slide on my butt up the stairs and I had to hold my leg up in the air because that was the problem. I couldn't let my leg down below my heart. So I learned how to go up the stairs backwards, holding my leg up with my left arm and scoot up. And I got in my closet and I sat there and I cried as I looked at my clothes and I thought, I will never complain about not having anything to wear again. <laughs> like I'm able to pick out something to wear and that was a gift. Yeah. Beautiful. There, there really is something to be grateful for every day and obviously you know you know i've got my gratitude practice and um but i love what you said and i encourage people all the time to don't just it's not just writing it down it's like i love that you said that feeling it like you're grateful for your kids sit with that for five minutes like for mm -hmm. one minute don't go to the next thing already sit with it like what are you grateful for about your kids what moment was there a moment yesterday what specifically you know, is there mm -hmm. create more emotion attached to that? Not just sky is blue and I have running water, which these are amazing things, but like really get deeper into the feeling, the gratitude, because it fuels everything. It fuels everything. If, if you're known for a few things, it's like, it's resilience, it's grit, it's grace. And it's, and it's gratitude. Like I think of you when I think of gratitude, like, cause you, you just, you are yelling at it even louder than me. Gratitude heals things that we, uh, we can't heal otherwise. Oh, it changes your life. It can really change. It really can change your whole life when you, well, just... what you think? it changes what we don't have into what we do and what we can't do into what we can. That's exactly right. Yes. Everything. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay. Here's the most powerful thing from the book I got. Oh, what is it? It is. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, what is it? Belief. <laughs> It's belief. And when somebody, one person believes in us, we can find the belief inside of ourselves. And as a therapist, this is what I, I, I can lose every skill I have clinically when I work with people. This one I'll never lose. I, I want to be able to sit with someone and see and hold the space to believe in them even when they cannot, because I know what that's going to create. And this is doctor, I'm going to say it wrong, but Jabbar. Uh-huh. Jabor, Dr. Jabor. Dr. Jabor, he walks in and he says, you got oh. to save a dance for me. Yeah, he was, this man was, I feel so blessed that he just happened to be on call because if it weren't for him, I sh for, surely wouldn't have both my legs because he was the one that repaired my femoral artery. 
and I got to go in for my checkup and I wrote him a thank you note and oh I haven't thought about this in a long time I just got all emotional <laughs> well we both cried and he said you have to save a dance for me yeah and just you know to have somebody to believe in you it makes all the difference it truly did save your leg the belief not him not the surgeries not the belief yeah and you know what i gotta call him up because he still hasn't danced with me and now that i'm tap dancing i think i really need to dance with him <laughs> It needs to happen. It's going to be the most viewed TikTok of all time. Well, I don't know. There's struggling <laughs> girls out there killing the TikTok game. So. It's so beautiful, though, even just the emotion you're having now, This the just sitting in those moments. To me, that was it. That like, If I got nothing out of the book, it was that one thing. And uh, Dr. Moore is a really tough guy. I mean, he and my husband really got along great because – uh, he carry, he's a big gun guy too. And, and my husband being a cop is a gun guy. So they really hit it off and they would stay up late hours talking and stuff. And, and when we walked in the office and we left, the nurses told me, they said, you know, we've never seen Dr. Jabor like that. We've never seen him break down and cry like that. And he's, I hope he doesn't hear this. He's going to be upset that I'm telling people that he actually cried, <laughs> but it was a special moment and it, it was life changing, you know, just to have somebody like that believe in you. And Greg, people are so lucky to have you in their life because you have such wisdom, but to have you believe in them, that is such a gift. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, we've all got it though. Like gratitude, we've all got something good about our day. We all have something to believe in about ourselves. And I know people are, and this is probably a really tough time for a lot of people like out of work and, and maybe home, which is not always the best situation for people. And there's mm -hmm. relationship strains and there's, you know, it's just, it's a tough time for a lot of people. And I think some of that belief can go away. Um, so I hope they, I hope as many people as we can get this message out too is, is that there's always some, there's still something to believe in you. There's with, with a mangled leg that no one, no one, all these specialists from all over the place said, Nope, it's got to go. One person to walk in and say, not just, I think we can, it was save me a dance. Like those words, like the vision that creates is like, you got it. You got it. Not just save this thing, but dance on it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so your story is maybe you're a lot bigger on scale than, than what some of us go through, but the message is the same. And, um, anybody reach out, reach out to me. I think I can speak for Amberly as well. Um, you want to, you want to feel some belief, like we're here to hold that space for you. Like we can. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. And in fact, you know, when I have people reach out to me and, and, it, I get back, it might take me some little bit of time sometimes to get back to my DMs or my messages, but I read, you know, I know some people have people that run their social media for them. And although that might be nice, I don't think that would ever work for me because I feel connected to my community. And the way I do that is by actually responding and, 
and go into their page and see what, what their story is and what they're up to. And so, um, if, if anybody is listening to this and we are going through some hard times right now, whether, you know, it's, there's a lot of fear coming up for a lot of people, a lot of financial insecurities coming up. Um, or like you said, people sometimes are, are home right now. They're either lonely because they're all alone or they are with family members stuck under the un- same roof and they not, might not be getting along very well. So whatever it may be that you're struggling with, there, there is a solution. Somebody is out there and they are going through the exact same thing as you. And so I think the best way to get through that is to reach out. So, so reach out, reach out to me. I'd be happy to hear from anybody. You know, you can reach out, email me, amberlylago.com. You can find me on Instagram as my main hub, or I don't know, maybe TikTok now, who knows? I'm having fun with that. Yeah. You want to have <laughs> recreate Amberly's tap dance and repost it and do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's something you can do, right? Recreate it. Get the tap shoes on. And now you, I think today you got a, you got an actual stage. Did Johnny bring oh home? My the- God, yes. Did you see that? How <laughs> sweet is that? It's he awesome. came home with some plywood cause I was tapping on the pavers and he came home with some plywood and I was like, Oh dear Lord. I don't think he knows how this is going to drive him crazy to hear me tapping all the time. Now that's like buying your child a drum set. <laughs> like, right. Not, not always the smartest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's got to, now he's got to put up with it. Well, I think I could, I think we could talk for years, honestly, like we are connected. There's something else we were connected on. Do we have the same anniversary? July 21st. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah, I knew there was something. I knew there was a birthday or an anniversary or anniversary. something. That's right. It's our anniversary. Hey, well, we're both coming up on it. Mother I mother. know. It was like, who knows? In California, we're supposed to still be kind of on lockdown. But it was like, first, I woke up on my bir- on my birthday, uh, my belly button birthday. I say belly button cause I have a sobriety birthday too, but both of those birthdays were in quarantine. The day everything shut down was my birthday. And then we had, you know, my daughter's birthday and then, you know, Easter that it's like mother's day, all these, like, how can we be creative and yeah. still like spark joy and have yeah. fun going through this. And so we've actually been having some fun all despite right. all of it. Yep. Yep. Um, so Speaking, writing, TEDx speaker, author, survivor, powerful woman. I don't know if you like to use the word survivor. Some people don't. What do you think about that word? Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, what's interesting. I don't, I don't use that a lot. Maybe, you know, occasionally in a hashtag motorcycle accident survivor, but uh, I don't use that so much. I don't, I'm, I'm not opposed to it. It's just yeah. something. Even as I said it though, I just. I think cause it puts you in like um, a place of uh, sometimes people can get stuck there in yeah. like a victimhood mentality. And, and, and it's the same as uh, you know, uh, being defined as one thing. I think that it's fine as long as you're describing yourself as all, but all these other things, you know, yeah. Well, you're all of it. 
<clears throat> you're all of it and keep sharing it with, with everybody else. So, um, what, what is, what does, what do things look like for you now? What are you up to besides being stuck at home? Well, it's so crazy because, um, you know, all my speaking events have were turned immediately turned into virtual events. And so that was, that was exciting. But then I, last week was a hard week because I not only had to go in for a surgery that was kind of unexpected on my foot, um, but turned out it's healing up good. Um, and I was able to tap dance even with that. Um, but I also had two big speaking events that were canceled that one was at a high school and then one was in October for the, all the commanders in California. I was going up to Sacramento and that got canceled. And I was like, how much longer are we going to be in this? So now I've really been focused on, you know, I thought, well, maybe, you know, I think the universe gives you signs because I actually had the thought in my head, well, maybe the speaking, you know, I did my TEDx and I did some things and that was fun. Maybe that just isn't for me. And I seriously had that thought when yesterday it was just announced and I was, I'm on the cover of the speaker's guide magazine. No. Holy freaking cow. I am not kidding. Is that crazy or what? Awesome. Congratulations. Nice. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm not done with the speaking. So I've got some virtual events coming up awesome. and I'm really focused on mm -hmm. my podcast. And then I was launching my Your Unstoppable Life mastermind course when this whole thing, this whole pandemic hit. And then I thought, I don't want to do some big 12 week course. I want to do something for free. So instead I did a resilience challenge and then I gave copies of my book for free. And then I'll be starting the mastermind course, um, which is a mind body spirit transformational mm -hmm. course, how to be your best self and have the best life filled with joy that starts in July. So I'm excited about that. Awesome. And everything's at amberlylago.com. Yes. Yeah everything's yeah. over there so and i'll put all the links in our notes here but um cool what does greatest day mindset mean to you i think that the greatest day mindset means that really having the courage to keep moving forward and find a life filled with joy even though your circumstances may be narrowed or things aren't necessarily going your way it's still having the courage to move forward and find joy anyway mm, i love it thank you and i'm going to read this because i posted something about you yesterday <clears throat> and i took it out of the book always 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 your obligation to yourself is to imagine the best possible outcome under any circumstances and do everything it takes to make your imagination a reality. That's what I heard you just say. Yeah. I, and I was so touched when you shared that yesterday. I saw that last night and shared it in my story. Thank you. There, the Amberly isms are everywhere. Like I could post every day something you've said. It's um, you've impacted my life in a, in an amazing and a positive way. And I'm grateful for you uh, just for what you're doing. Like the light that you are, the, the hope you are, the like, symbolically to people that we can you can get to the very edge of something both both your life and your leg and come back yeah you can get to the one percent left 
and you can come back. Yeah. Don't give up before the miracle because miracles happen every day. Mm -hmm. Yep. I love and it. And I'm so grateful for you. I could talk to you all day. I am not, I, whenever I need a little pick me up, I'm just going to go, Hey, can we do um, another podcast? Cause I like hanging out with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, maybe next time I'll be in my closet. I don't have as cool coats as you. I don't know what uh, that you is. like my faux, whatever yeah. this is. Yeah. Very hey, like soothing it, to the conversation right now. It's coming. Yes. It, it makes it, it does make it sound better when you've got some furry coats yeah. hanging up, some faux fur, you know, that is coats. Well, <laughs> we, don't need, um, we don't need podcasts to, to connect. You, that window is open every minute of the day. You just send me a message or text or anything. Happy to thank you. Support you in and help. Keep you goes going. both ways. Appreciate that. Okay. Well, you guys, please share this uh, not once or twice, but a hundred times over. Like, get people to, to tap into what Amberly's putting out there her energy, her insight, and wisdom, and belief belief in people in general because you're worth it. Um, and make today the greatest day of your life.